are you here, Jonathan? Or are you in Texas or where are you? I am in Los Angeles, in Newhall, California, where you right. are going to be in just a moment, a matter of days. That's right, for the Cowboy Festival. You're going to be, are you, you're mm. on a panel, yeah? Yes, no, I may be on a panel. I know I've got from 10 to 2, I've got book signing of some Western or something. Fantastic. What's the Cowboy? What What is that? That's an annual event for um, Western authors, Western musicians. Western artists, and um, it's just two days of hilarity, beer, and shooting guns. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Casey, up in you... Newhall, up in Newhall, California. Oh, okay. Are are you at your parents' house right now, though, uh, or is that a joke? I, I'm literally no. I'm it's I'm sincere that I'm upstairs in my parents' house in the woods with dial up, wearing a scrunchie. Like okay. it, it, I it is the nineties. <laughs> I, I thought that was like I, a gotta really happen. <laughs> I thought that was a background like one of them fake backgrounds you know i think i did a no, podcast this is... with your dad and it was dial up and it had these same problems of stutter stop and go it's unbelievable i don't know how anybody gets anything done but here we are <laughs> Uh, welcome to Dead Headspace. I am your host, Patrick R. McDonough. Unfortunately, Brennan could not join us today, but he will be back next week. We today. won't care. <laughs> <laughs> today we have <laughs> today we have Delhausen on. Please tell me if I'm mispronouncing that last name. That's good. Nailed it. Say hello, sir. Hi, how are you? Good. And we have guest host Casey Lansdale. Say hello, Casey. Hey guys. And we have guest host Jonathan Levitt. Say hello, Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. <laughs> nice to see you. Del, what got you into horror? Someone had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. Uh, what got me into horror was I went to university to become a minister. Yeah, that'll do it. I was that'll a Catholic. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that did it. So. You know, Hellfire and Brimstone. No, I was always into uh, to horror. And then when I got together with my wife, Sue, she was into horror. And two and two made horror lifetime. Uh, and uh, you got one of the, well, the oldest bookstore in L.A., horror-based bookstore. For those that aren't aware of it, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Dark Delicacies is in its... 28th year right now it'll oh, wow. be in its 29th year in a week and a half as of may 1st congrats and um i don't know when we started there wasn't a horror-based bookstore anywhere there was half of the stuff you see in the store didn't exist like you know um the toys the shirts the purses the it didn't exist and then we were in the business for about, we did shows first. We did, you know, had Comic-Con conventions. That was the only kind of things we could do. So we'd go to comic conventions, set up our little table and sell our horror collection. And, um, you know, it caught on. And then other people said, wow, we could make more stuff for this. So more stuff started coming out. There was always horror books. 
but there wasn't all the tchotchkes that go with it. Uh, we got a question, actually, about, about your uh, commenting on that, uh, Dark Delicacies, from author Brian McCauley. He says, hey, Dell, firstly, thank you and Sue for giving horror an amazing home in L.A., mm-hmm. Given your experience on every side of the business, what's uh, what's one thing you wish more horror authors knew about book sales? Self-promotion. I think that's probably the most important thing. They think, and I don't care if they're with Random House or they're, they're self-publishing. The point is the publisher can only do so much. And in a lot of cases, fortunately, not for Pandy Press, but in a lot of cases, they put your book out. That's what they do. Here's your book. It's out. I hope it sells. That leaves you behind. Self-promotion is a must. Every angle you can do it, whether it's doing fascinating programs like this. This has been fascinating, hasn't it? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) doing that, doing conventions, doing anything you can to get the name out there. You have to promote. Mm. I I want to talk about Pandy Press um, because this is the first time we've had Jonathan on. So introduce us to, to, I can't talk, introduce us to yourself, sir, and uh, what your role in Pandy Press is. Uh, Hi, and thanks for having us on, all of us. Uh, Yeah, Casey and I, uh, we, is it right to say we run Pandy Press? Is that right, Casey, to say we run Pandy Press? Well, if we're not, that's really awkward. (laughs) (laughs) You run, you run Pandy Press. Uh, Well, (laughs) <laughs> we um my my primary role in Pandy Press is creative director and production artist. So I handle the production layout, design, and that part of the uh the process. And then Casey and I also um work together in the I would say in the day-to-day of the of the business. Casey definitely takes on the heavy lifting of that uh absolutely and uh so we work together and we work independently on our own individual areas of expertise and they have lives besides pandy press (laughs) incorrect (laughs) do we (laughs) what supposedly (laughs) you know what we're really it's really exciting it's very exciting i think for us to to be doing this uh i'll call it a project but this company and this has really been something that Casey, and tell me if I'm speaking out of turn, Casey, but I, Casey had for a long time, it was there uh, wanting to grow. It was just a, a seed of a, of a business. And I'm really happy that we're, we've been pushing together forward together to do this. Hmm. And we have, we have projects that are moving forward. You know, we have two books that are going to press this week. We have uh, more what? books coming. We have. We're, we're excited that that Dell as our first uh, front list title is what we're. Yeah, our our very first front list title that we. That's it. That's it. Yeah, right here. It's amazing, and we couldn't be more thrilled about that. You know, and you know, and and Dell. I mean, I'm I'm I am very much the outsider in in this relationship, but Dell is family as well. You know, has been in in the in uh, Casey's life for a long time, and I and has been in my life as long as I've known Casey, and uh, it feels really good to be able to to do this with with Dell, Hmm. and uh, not just for Dell, but with Dell, as Dell is saying uh, to to piggyback on what. Dell was saying about about self-promotion 
We're doing this with him and not just for him. And we shepherded the project and we can we help on our side. Casey does the heavy lifting there too for publicity and really getting it out there. But Dell does a lot of heavy lifting on his own, and that's so important. It has to be a team effort. And that's something that I think for a a mission for Pandy, that's part of what we want to do is create relationships with right with authors and not just, as Dell is saying, put out the book, but really create that create and foster that relationship so that we can build the build the uh the, the books together hmm. and uh for people watching i love the logo was that you jonathan that came up with that no okay so okay i'm gonna take this one so yeah so and i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in on all that so it, it is an undertaking that my father and i unofficially started back in 2014 pandy press now holy shit it's, as you see it's that cute little panda yeah. And it's because my dad calls me Panda. And so, and sometimes he'll call me Pandy. So we thought, how cute would it be if we named our little company Pandy Press? <laughs> no, so we, you know, dad and I thought that this would be a place that we would eventually house his backlist. And it would just be this thing that that we did that was kind of a family thing. And, and that was where it ended. And I actually have one of the very first books you know, oh. it's got the same little logo. And this is 2014. This is, you know, pre-anything. And it Holy was just shit. to have a oh. home. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, I always thought, well, when I retire, I'll really put some energy behind Pandy Press. And then we had a global pandemic and I was suddenly retired. And it just so happened that um, my live-in partner is a book layout designer expert of all things that are exactly not my skill set and, and uh <laughs> while i'm around <laughs> trying to figure out what i'm doing uh we started putting the books together and putting the books out and it's it's been a journey because you know i'm i'm reading through jonathan will put a layout he'll send it to me and i'm going through line by line is that is that period in the wrong place is there an extra space there and you know then we're sending it to a copy editor who that's what they're doing but i'm doing a double pass and then you know we also have our brand ambassador who sadie hartman who i know you've talked to and she's been very helpful with uh putting things out on social media and mm. so we've been trying to find our voice of who is Pandy and how do we promote that on social media? And then how do we also have a publicity department who also is the editing department, who also is the all, you know, I mean, just go down the list. So it's, uh, it's been a real, yeah. And it, you know, it's fast because, you know, Dell's not wrong that even when you like, even where we're trying to promote, we are two people. You know, and and th and three people because Sadie's also, but she has a very defined job that she does. Jonathan and I are, are kind of float around, and uh, and thank goodness for her because <laughs> because she she knows how to make a brand and she knows how to put it out, and that's yeah. another thing that I'm not good at. So you know, we're all kind of finding our roles and where our strong suits are, where we need to sort of hire out, how we can move forward as a company, what's financially reasonable, and Dell. Um, I don't know why he said that he wanted to do this with us because he. All right, he I don't know why you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, fun. we're pretty. We're hey, pretty you know, but I, yeah. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying we're grateful for it. No, vice versa. Yeah, we, and I've known Dell. I've known Dell since I was seventeen, sixteen, something like that. And you've always, you and Sue both, you've always said, "Sure, anything I've pitched you, you said, okay." 
okay, sure, let's try it. And it, and I knew that that was the attitude that it would have to be with this kind of undertaking. It would have to be somebody who was like, sure, let's figure it out. Because, you know, it's not a, it's not a linear thing. It never is, but it's especially not linear when it's a, a, a brand new company. And it's it a is company a grand that's experiment sort of, to you know, some extent. Absolutely. And I'm, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And now, uh, you know, we kind of have the wheels turning. I, like Jonathan said, Dell's book is our first front list. And that's, I mean, I can't even tell you how excited I was to actually hold the book that we'd been working oh, yeah. on for about a year. And, and every time we thought, okay, we got it. Some other uh, thing would come up and knock, knock us down. And, and we really <laughs> had to learn the process. But I think now that we know it, we, you know, it's like, I, I say that with, you know, waiting for the shoe to drop. But I think now that we kind of know our process, it's, we're just, we're trucking. And I'm so excited to be putting out more titles and having more titles go to the printer. It's, I never imagined this is what I would be doing at this moment in my life. And it's awesome. I love it. Are you and I get to meet smooth these. Smooth sailing authors. from this point on? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> smoother, smoother. But, but I kind of understand the, now I understand the timeline of production better mm -hmm. because I just had no idea. I mean, even stuff, I've had things on the author side. I've grown up in that world. And then I'm watching Jonathan uh, tweak, you know, one word on the line and he's having to pull it up to the next line. And then he, and then it changes the whole format of the document. And then he's having to redo everything. And I, I just had no idea that all of that was going on. I thought we were just pushing a button and putting out books. Um, and I knew there was more to it. I, I really humbled myself and like, Oh, I'm kind of an asshole. So, uh, it's, it's just been, it's been really great. And it's been fun to do it with Dell and with Jonathan. Before we go into the synopsis is this your creation jonathan this coming no, um i so uh yes to no i'm for the layout of the cover i i designed the back cover and the spine and the and the and the lettering on the front but we have we we commissioned artists to do the artwork okay and there for were sure. books we we were putting out some ebooks and i was doing uh the cover art for those ebooks. Okay. But that was really just to kind of get us moving. But we're very excited now to be working with specific artists moving forward and creating a, a look and, and feel for Pandy. Hmm. And so we're we are finding our own brand and our, our branding and our own our own feel and our own aesthetic. And uh and we're, we're I can easily see that that is happening now as we move forward and we're we're really building that out. So yeah. I love it. You guys feel like a, uh, you know, everyone has an indie band that they love or bands. That's what you guys feel like. Like uh, plenty of people in our circles know about you, but there is such a wider uh, audience out there that eventually you're probably going to grab. And it's just really neat being, I want to say in the foundation of the readership, but you've been around for since 2014. So I don't know where I would and others would fall in that. Well, but it's different. It's different. It, it's 2014 really cool. existing and, and being proactive is very different. I had, I'll make this quick, I promise, but I had my only novella release in 2014. I pulled it since because that's when, right about when I started, I'm like, nope, that's going away forever. But that was a, <laughs> I, I specifically bring that up because that was a lot 
that wasn't even 10 years ago. And that was a lot different than now. There was social media, there was Amazon, but man, it was a lot different. I felt very intimidated. I'm just speaking from a new, new writer's point of view. So Dell, um, I don't know what you want to start with first. I'll give you two options because they're both exciting. Synopsis of the book or that blurb from the little old author named Clive Barker? That was, let, let's start with the Clive Barker. That's kind of <laughs> funny because it was a very nice review that I did not know was coming. And, uh, and it was Casey who said he didn't give you a blurb. He wrote a love letter. And, and, you know, it kind of feels that way. She's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and he said to us, use all of it, however much of it you want, a piece of it, do whatever you want with it, if you can help to promote with the, with the blurb. So I was honored to get it, and I was really excited about it and, and surprised, like I said. As far as the synopsis of the book, it was you have to figure out why it was written. Uh, my agent said, write something besides horror. I had been doing all horror prior to that editing or whatever. So my next favorite genre was Western. And I didn't want to write what one person said to me is usually a book about two old white guys shooting each other. So um, what do I write? And I realized I have never read a Western that was independent, female-driven protagonist that was the follow-through line in the book. And I decided to go one better, or two better, actually, because along the way, two other females from different walks of life join her on her journey through the West. It's kind of like um, True Grit. I was going to say that. I was if Maddie <laughs> was grown up, if she yeah. wasn't a teenager, if she was grown up, it kind of follows that. And it's the epic, um, you know, there's only two Westerns that have ever been written. You go on a quest or a stranger comes to town. Every <laughs> Western has an element of one of those two things. This one, they went on a quest and it was a stranger quest. So that's kind of where it came about. And there was one line in it that sticks with me. I, I'm going to not quote it, but it goes along the lines of there were two women, a midget and a dog. And that could be a setup for a joke, but that was when they were on the train. And <laughs> and like, it's kind of, you know, you, at least me, I take things for like granted living in this time era. But yeah, it was a lot different then. And, and those women and, you know, smaller little people. um I I wouldn't want to be them back then. It's tough. And it's so sure. funny because Joe had written the book The Thicket, which came out while I was in the middle of writing my novel. And his has a little person in it also. And I'm like, shit, a Western with a little person and it's kind of like he's going to think I'm copying him. This <laughs> is terrible. But luckily the stories are far enough away from each other. But the point that I'm trying to make is I had to do all kinds of research, which was really good for me, not just the historical research, but I wanted, for instance, my little person to ride a horse. How does he do that? How does he get up on the horse? What kind of horse does he ride? And, and I actually talked to a, a saddle maker in Arizona about it. 
and a bunch of different people and worked my way through all these sticking points. So I, I didn't know what was coming. And that's the way I write. And I think it's actually the way Joe writes most of his stuff. We don't know what's coming. We just start writing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. What What's it like being part of a publishing house that currently only has put out Joe Lansdale and was started by him and Casey like and, and Jonathan? How's that? Well, there's an honor for you, huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> I guess so. It's a, like blows me away. Like I say, it is the grand experiment. And, and now it's become the grand family. It's like we're all working towards this common goal. We all have the best of everybody's interests in mind. And when one of us can't solve a problem, hopefully the other one can. It's been an extraordinary trip so far. And I feel like we're just getting started. That's awesome. And I got one more question for you. And then Jonathan or Casey, please jump in. Don't let uh, them talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. My brain just decided to shut down. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, how, do you, how do you answer that? Because <laughs> I was just thinking about all the times I've talked with Casey and or Joe and then Keith, because we had them all on the same time. And I was pretty much a mute then. And that is uncommon for me. But my question was, how did... I, I gotta assume that you met Joe first, or was it was it uh Karen? Who, uh, me? Adele. Adele, yeah, sorry. I met I met Joe probably at conventions first, and then he, he did uh, multiple signings at Dark Delicacies. Um and a lot of his signings, he would bring Casey with him and she'd mm. be playing a guitar and singing. We we kind of did an air guitar thing together at one time. I remember the photograph of the back of us, just two long hairs hanging down, walking through the store. It was funny. <laughs> but then the last big connection I had with Joe was at um, whatever convention we were at, Casey, and the room was filled with signers. And Joe was sitting next to Brian Keene, and I was like two people down. And Joe had a line that went, you know, from here all the way back to Nacogdoches and Brian had a line that went out there and I had like somebody stopped in front of me to ask directions or something. So I had nothing in front of me and we all had nameplates. So I changed my nameplate from my name to friend of Joe Lansdale <laughs> <laughs> and put that in front of me. And uh, it helped. Casey came over and said hi because we knew each other, but <laughs> that was about it. And I had at that time probably eight or nine books out and had already run the won the Bram Stoker Award mm. and nominated for the Shirley Jackson Award. Uh, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, you're no and, slouch, Bill. Yeah. I'm no slouch, but, uh, you know, because uh, people don't recognize me because I look too much like everyone else, I don't get those lines. <laughs> uh, I actually want to ask one more question about your store. I know... I know it's been almost 30 years, but do you have however many you want to name? Do you have any special moments of signings or, or maybe they're just very um, maybe the doors were closed and it was just a intimate moment with friends and family. Do you have really special moments that stick out in your head amongst the, the rest of them in that store? I, honestly, I have had lots of really unique moments in that store. Obviously, the joy of having people like like Joe signing and 
Ray Harryhausen signing and Ray Bradbury. I mean, it goes on and on. Oh, I didn't know you had Bradbury. Of, yeah, a couple of personal ones was we did a fundraiser. I forget what it was for one time. And one of the prizes was actor Thomas Jane said, let them all, it was like an auction. So let them all bid on me bringing them a pizza. So this couple won. Um, the day he was supposed to bring them the pizza was like a Sunday morning. It was pouring rain. <laughs> it was before the store opened up because we had to do it in private. Sure enough, right in the middle of the pouring rain, car pulls up to the curb. Thomas Jane gets out, brings a pizza, sits down, talks with the people for an hour and goes on his way. Wow. It was that was an amazing one. <laughs> and then I think the other one sticks in my head is uh, one time Ernest Borgnine was signing for us and um, I had to go pick him up. So a friend and myself, we went over and, and picked him up. He lived up on Mulholland up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And um, when we picked him up, I said, this had to be uh, the the PT, the TV show that he was in. I can't think of any of it. Um, the PT, oh, McHale's Navy. I oh. said, this had to be McHale's Navy money. He goes, yeah, it was. And when we drove him back home, he said, you want to see the place? Come on in. And he gave us a tour of his house. That was kind of an amazing thing. Wow. wow. Awesome. Now, I want to I want to back up, and, and I don't know who to ask, Casey or Jonathan, but the Clyde Barker quote, I specifically want to talk about that because I don't, Correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't do a whole lot of stuff like that nowadays. So that's does anyone know? Okay, no one knows. Well, <laughs> I don't. I, I know that, you mean blurb? I mean, yeah. Because Dell sent it to me. You know, I mean, this goes back to being in a team. Dell, when he sees an opportunity, he sends it. Says, "Have you seen this? Have you done? You know, it, because he knows we are two people, and and you know, I don't want to leave Sadie out, but I'm talking about on the everyday, all day." operations but he knows we're two people trying to to move forward so he sent it to me and he said check this out and i mean that i had nothing to do with that jonathan had nothing to do with that that was dell just i had nothing to do with it it just showed up yeah did he buy it on his own or yeah i just that, there you go and we just got a killer blur <laughs> <laughs> that's how good that book is buy two copies yeah well <laughs> that's right it really is one to read first and one to read second that's the way you should do it. That's right. I've been reading a lot of Westerns. <laughs> I've been editing Westerns. And yeah, it's a lot different. Um, Jonathan, I'm sure you're asked this all the time, but I want to ask, what's it like being a part of the Lansdale clan? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah, God. Are you allowed to talk ever? Because oh, I love is, them. And I know they talk a lot. <sighs> First um, rule of Lansdale clan, don't talk about Lansdale yeah, clan. <laughs> uh, I have to tell you, it is, uh, it is, uh, they are a tight knit clan. Yeah. Yeah. Clan is the right word. They, it's pretty great. You know, they're, they're, they're that family is a very loving, sweet, generous, kind family. And so it, it's, <laughs> I know. I know, I know, Dell. Dell's like, I'm looking I know at the Casey. other side of it. I know the yeah, other I'm side. I'm looking at Casey. She's like, yeah, come on, come on. I'm like, and, and. Yeah. 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 Ye
I, I was reading off the paper here. That's that's what. Um, no, it, it's really it's word really for true. Word, yeah, did you see my really text? It was just. I have to say, and I have to say, they the clan has welcomed me in uh, into the family, and it's very nice. So I'm I'm very uh, grateful for it and happy about it, and I couldn't uh, think of a better family to be with, other than my parents, who are probably listening. Are they listening? Okay, my mom and dad. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, it's great. It's great. It's a it's an amazing family. And for those all, that don't, all, through and through, through and through. I, I agree. I mean, they're I love them. Um, for those that don't know, Jonathan was on this small show called The X Files once or twice before. So just as a book publisher, funny, yeah. it's really weird. <laughs> I just want to ask you about that. Can you just mention what that was like? And then Dell, we will. I'm sorry, I dropped my pen. And then Dell, I promise we will talk more about this book. I just wanted to see if we could hear a little behind the scenes of being on The X Files. Um, all right, I'll make this quick. I'll make this quick. Uh, um, what was it like to be on the X-Files? Uh, it was amazing. So I moved to Los Angeles as a, this is not an interview about me, but I, so I'll tell you this very quickly. Uh, moved to Los Angeles as an actor and, and uh, to play a part in the entertainment industry, which I continue to do today as well. And back then, the X-Files was my first acting job uh, as a, and I was a guest star on the show, acting alongside Ricky Jay, and we were both the con artist magicians playing those characters on the show. And, uh, and it was unbelievable. It was, it was the, the greatest uh, uh, educational experience that I could have ever had coming into the entertainment industry on television. That's awesome. Yeah, so, it was fun. <laughs> That's really cool. So Dell, um, for those that don't know, you're in all facets of entertainment. Um, one being films and your first credit you're on lord of illusions clive barker so you got a little bit at the magic castle which brings us back to jonathan (laughs) (laughs) take us away dell (laughs) yeah yeah. it's a full circle this is a tight family here i'm telling you Okay, right. I thought I thought you guys were gonna say more. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> what was that like? What was that? What was that like? Lord of Illusions. That's amazing. Lord of Illusions was fun. We went down. Sue and I, Sue, my wife and I, uh, went down to uh, the the um, Palladium, and they were doing a big shoot. They needed tons of extras to fill up the audience, so they were doing this scene from Lord of Illusion where. He levitates people and all that kind of stuff that we had to do over and over and over and over. And um, in the middle of it, to keep everybody from like going, the hell with this, I'm going to go get lunch, you know. Um, he had a raffle. We were all given a number when we walked in. And if he pulled your number, then you'd go up on stage and you would get a part, another part in the movie or be in another scene. And he pulled my number. And that's how I met Clive Barker. I went up on stage. I met him because he pulled my number and we became lifelong friends. Wow. And then I shot at the Magic Castle. We were at the bar. (laughs) um, And that I think he has passed away now. I can't think of his name. The old magician who was one of the house people that have been there forever. And I, I can't think of his name. He was in the scene with Scott Bakula sitting next to me. And I was supposed to be a guy with his date, and there was a man standing in between us doing uh, 
hand magic with a giant coin. And I'm we guessing shot that Billy all McComb day. was the was Billy the, McComb, uh, right? Is he still alive? Uh, Billy's passed. Yeah, that's what I thought. And he was really nice. So it was Scott Bakula, Billy McComb, my date, and me. And we sat there all day. And Clive said, "Dell, you got to mm. sit there and drink beer all day." I said, "Well, for my arts, I'll do anything." So. <laughs> <laughs> and you've had you're, you're friends with other people, such as Mick Mick Garris, and he's got a connection with Clive. But you're. You're like Joe in the Joe Lansdale in the sense where, like, if you name X, Y, and Z, it won't be surprised if you're friends with all of them and then they're friends because that's how, you know, the more you're in this industry, the more Victor Laval brought up something before where he said it makes sense with, um, oh, that's cool. Oh, his logo just went up there. Um, I'm easily distracted, apparently, but uh, <laughs> I don't know where he went. Maybe his phone might have rang, or maybe the dog needs something. I don't know. But, Work never ends. I'm waiting for the pandy to talk. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, Victor was saying that um, he's just talking about how people, older authors, how they ended up in the same, uh, you know, anthologies and whatnot. He goes, they're all drinking buddies. And it, it's just really neat to think about that. But, you know, you kind of stop and think with like guys like you or Joe or, or Mick or whatever. And it makes sense that you're all friends. Like nowadays we got social media, but. Before that, you know, we're talking what conventions or, or just luck of the draw with how you make live. A lot of conventions and stuff. Um, you know, I I may be a drinking buddy, but um, you wouldn't get that from Joe because Joe doesn't drink. Mm. Oh, I but didn't know. That. I certainly ran into Joe at uh, plenty plenty of conventions, and he signed at the store, and we became friends. You know what it is? It's time and service. You know, there's 28 years of being around the same kind of core of people and mm. you get to become friends. It's amazing because you'll walk into a convention and uh, maybe I run into Joe there and I haven't seen him for nine months. The conversation just picks up from where <laughs> you left it before. It's it's a really lovely thing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I have uh, aunts and uncles all over. You know, it's like everywhere I go, <laughs> it's like. It's like a little family because most of these people have known me since I was a little kid, you know, so there's a, a different kind of attachment. And uh, I mean, I met Dell when I was slightly older, but I was still a teenager, you right. know, so it's there's a long history of of that community. And it's a very small community, as you you know, you mentioned, it's everybody starts to be connected and you always oh, get my puppy. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you, you just start Kind of get used to seeing the same faces and you you make friends and i mean a lot of my dad's friends have now become my friends because those are the people i used to you know i got used to seeing and uh that's how dell and i ended up being friends it's just right. i ended up at the store a lot and then i think you know we always had a good relationship and then i think now that i live in la that obviously that's different that i see you in a more quasi regular basis but uh, i've never felt like none of us are connected even you know if you don't see somebody regular you just know they're a part of your tribe hmm. that's that's a good way that you're part of the clan yeah <laughs> that's right is <laughs> i'm always interested to ask authors that have been in the business as long as you Dell. is there is there a sticking point with an author you've met where they've given you some advice and it's just never left your head and, and you're like, thank God that they said that because I avoid a lot of shit if if they had not told me this. You always learn, but it's never 
as a teaching moment. It's as part of conversation when you're sitting around dinner or sitting at a table where you're signing with people or something. It's never like, you know, Joe came up to me and said, well, and remember to do this when you're, <laughs> it comes out of more, uh, I did an extensive interview with Joe that was recorded that was at a uh, horror convention, um, the Horror Writers Convention. I can't remember what city we were in because we only see hotel and airports. But um, wherever it was, like he might say something in that conversation that then stays with me. Or somebody might say something over a drink or somebody might say something on a panel and it stays with you. Uh, the teaching moments come as exposure. And that's that's really that's really the way I pick up on them. Anyway, I don't know about you guys. When you say exposure, well, you I mean, mean exposure to people. Other yeah, people? exposure to the other writers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one moment I remember explicitly and I, I actually recently told you and um, we were there for a signing and, and dad had a book and I was working on some projects and I was kind of dabbling in writing, but that, you know, there is a, a sort of forced expectation that I'm supposed to be like a, a writing master, my, my first crack out just because it's supposed to be in the bloodline. And that's not how things work. You know, you have to build your craft and you have to practice and you have to work at things even if you have a, a natural talent. So uh, I remember saying something to Dell about, well, I just don't know if I'll ever be as good as what he's doing. And Dell just sort of said, well, nobody's going to be as good as what he's doing because that's what he's doing. And you have to do what you're doing. You know, he, and, and it just sort of, there was something in my brain that went unlock. <laughs> and then it gave me permission to sort of experiment. And this is years and years. This is before I lived in LA. This was before there was any pandy relationship. And it, it just stuck with me and I wrote it down on a post-it and I put that post-it on my desk for years and years. And then I told Dell about this pretty recently. Yeah. And then he started sending me some writing tips. And when he started sending me those writing tips, I think that's what pushed me over the edge to finish this last project. Cause I'd get an email and I'd be like, Oh shit, somebody's checking in. I mean, <laughs> and, when, and when she was <laughs> sick of getting them, she said, I'm done. I'm yeah, <laughs> not true. But I was. But it, you know, it's, it's those little moments that somebody just says something in passing, and you go, yeah. you know, it. it I and think it's we funny all have that that um, oh, I can do that moment. Yeah, I think when you get that, when you get that, it's like your brain blowing up for a second. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I, I love to, I love to think about it because I, I love to think that our friendship has evolved so far because, you know, you don't really think about it because you just exist and you see each other and it's nice. But it's it's nice to kind of reflect and have somebody who's not been in that mix uh, sort of look at it under a, a different microscope. It's yeah. like, Jonathan, I'm sure you've had that moment in magic, magic master Jonathan here, uh, where you one day you said to yourself, Oh, I can use my left hand too. So you know, we all have those. Uh... We no, we one hundred percent. No matter what we're doing, we always have those moments, and we also have the moments when we affect other people, just like yeah. you're saying. You know, and you have to be yeah. really careful about what you say because what you say can have a massive impact on other people. And we and we're very fortunate. You know, we're all very fortunate to be in the businesses that we are in. Uh, the creative arts, and we get to be around other creative people, and we. Uh, we are sponges, right? We take in uh, and we process, right? We take in information and we process while we're sleeping and then we get our creative ideas and 
very lucky. And there's overlap to all of the things that we do. Right, Casey yeah. and I, actually, as a side note, Casey and I have major overlaps in our life. And just because of our creative, uh, where we are creatively, and it's incredible. That's awesome. It's like those pie charts where it, it crosses <laughs> in the middle. The, um, and there's all these crosses like you and I have a, an overlap from the Magic Castle. Then Clive's got the thing on the book that you guys are publishing. That It's it's amazing how it does overlap. If you sit sure. back and look well, at it, if Clive, you wrote it as yes. a plot, no one would believe it. It's true. Yeah, it's true. We need that Clive quote. Does somebody have that to read? I feel like it's been talked up. We gotta, we gotta put that out there. I do, but I'd have to get out of the screen. That's fine. I'll pull it up. Um, but while we're talking <laughs> about that, did you just drop kind of a hint that you guys are publishing Bart and Clive Barker? No. no. <laughs> That's what Del just said. <laughs> no. No, no. It's because the book that he commented on, they published my book. That's what I, I got you. Saying. I got yeah. you. Sorry about yeah. that. Not spreading rumors here. I mean. Yes, we are. Pandy yeah. is definitely doing that. Well, well, now that I've officially changed my name to Clive Barker, <laughs> we finally got we finally got word. We've been waiting for confirmation. It just came in, and I can't wait to put out my next title. <laughs> so I got it. After my first reading, I knew then that I'd want to explore the survival of Margaret Thomas at a more leisurely pace. I didn't, however, expect to feel the desire to take up the book again so quickly, having finished it only weeks ago. It's a testament to how deeply I am invested in the world Del Howison has so lovingly created and etched each wounded soul. Yeah, that sounds like a... <laughs> like she said, like a, a love letter book. instead of a... <laughs> and let me tell you, that's the condensed version, because it, he was, it was just so nice, you know, and... And I didn't write the book, and I feel so thrilled to be able to have it. So I can only imagine how Dell must feel just, you know, putting the work out and getting that kind of response. Yeah, I'm still processing weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> it is worth noting that, like, even Stephen King still talks about his own books on social media. I mean, like, he loves books, but, you know, I'm sure he's not a great example because he's going to sell no matter what. But whatever. I'm just going to I'm just going to move forward and ask you guys. For Pandy Press, are you going? Are are you going to expand beyond, um, beyond Me? friends of the family and Dell? <laughs> eventually, I mean, eventually we'd like to work with Dell again. Eventually, we'd like to have new authors. Uh, we'd like to have friends that that I know are are talented and not getting <clears throat> seen the way I know they should be seen. All of that I would like to do. Uh, we also have to make fiscal sense and right now we are doing that and we're going to put out the new titles that we're putting out forthcoming that I don't want to talk too much about because there's they're wrapped up in other deals uh, but we will start doing front list probably in 2025 or 2026 mm -hmm. I think the rest of 23 and and most of 24 if not all will be backlist titles because the other side of that is We've got a, about 50 backlist titles just waiting to go up. All and your dads? I think that all of the Lansdale backlist. And, and I think putting up the backlist is the way to go. We've experimented with the front list. We've experimented with a non-Lansdale author. We now know kind of what our game plan is. Front list is hard. Uh, backlist is hard for different reasons. 
And so it makes more sense to sort of clear the things out that are established and then start to build. I mean, I hate when I get an email and, they, and people say, hey, are you accepting manuscripts? I hate saying no. There's nothing I want more than to put out every person's book. Oh, yeah. And also, we have to make the choices that make sense. But definitely, we want to expand yeah. first with the people that are already in our circle. Can I ask a question here of, of, you've been putting out like Joe's backlist, and my book was a backlist book, basically. Um, are you, I don't even know what I was going to say. Well, it was something was about putting, I mean, are you, are you looking at between now and 2026, let's say, of doing more backlist of other people, not just mm -hmm. Joe, not just myself, before you get to more to front list. It's interesting. Well, and yours, because I don't consider yours backlist so much, even though technically it is a reprint, because I think yours came out at a, originally it came out in a hardback for libraries um, during the global pandemic for libraries. So right. if you weren't at a library in the global pandemic, you, you know, I don't think that it got what it deserved. Let me put it that way. And that's why we wanted to do that. Cause it's a good, it's a really good book. I really, I I've listened to the audio. I've read the book. I've probably read it five times, maybe more. She now was so good on it. the audio. She was so she's, good. She's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it really was something that was done because I loved the book. But I don't know if doing other people's backlist would make sense when we have so much Lansdale backlist. And keeping in mind that the point of the creation of the company was to house all the Lansdale titles under one roof. Because what we really want is a place where we can understand, well, who has audio rights? Who has uh, Kindle rights? Who has paperback rights? Who has hardback rights? And the paperwork alone, all getting finished and under one roof, would just be helpful for our records. So if nothing else, just getting this is forcing us to organize our bookkeeping. And then I'd like to expand a backlist. But, um, it, you know, if somebody said, listen, I have Ray Bradbury's backlist title and we think you should print it, I might I might think otherwise. <laughs> but at this moment, it would, have to, it would have to be something like that. Or if Clive called and said, hey, I've got these stories that have never been collected and I'd love to put them out, then all right, let's have that conversation. But it, as much as I hate to say it, and I I know how it sounds, it would have to be kind of a sure thing for us to detour beyond what our plan is currently, while also knowing that we plan to do completely different in the future. We, I mean, we're, we're, we're very lucky. We have the kind of the perfect storm of factors that will uh, uh, enable us to be uh, to find success in this right and we're mm. very we're very aware of that mm. you know we we do not take that lightly and you know we come into it with our own skill sets that we bring to the table but we also come in with uh assets that allow us to create a, a stable foundation for a company you know and and where i think many companies with you know that they, they don't necessarily have that that it's harder to to keep going and, and moving forward and so i think you know that we have the sensibility in what we do that we want to we want to help we want to facilitate we want to empower we want to enable um other in this case authors to be successful and we're going to do everything we can to build to build our own foundation to enable that to happen down the road so i think i think that there's a long-term 
future for this company. And 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 uh, and I'm very I'm really excited not only to be doing it with Casey, but to see how it how it progresses. And we're taking what I would say are baby steps right now. But but this year we're starting to take bigger strides and next year even bigger. And 2025 is going to be fantastic. And, you know, it's it's fun. And so we're, we're laying the groundwork right now to be able to do the things that we want to do on a on a personal level, not just professional level. Well, I think one of the glories well, of you guys is that you do deal with the authors on a personal level, not on a company yeah. against their book. And here's how we work together. Thing. Right. Well, I don't and, think and we'll that's ever... part of oh, the relationships. Say again, love. Say, say again, Casey. No, it's just part of the uh, the part of having the relationships with people. You know, it's like th that's why we want to do this. Is is we want right. to we want to grow our life in this community who that has already you know, return to us tenfold. I don't really ever see us, you know, having a pipeline, you know, where we're just taking in <laughs> authors and, and, and spitting out a book, which right. we could easily get to that point. I mean, we're already starting to ramp up to the point that if we get a manuscript in, we can turn a book around pretty fast. But I don't I don't think that's ever going to be our our focus to to say, let's just get in the pipeline and get something out and not give the attention to the author. You know, I don't think that I don't think that behooves behooves us for for a um, for quality going forward. So I, you know, I will always have, we'll always try to maintain that relationship. So I, I asked that question for you know readers and listeners because it's this is why I like having publishers on too um, to get the backstory. Uh, with since we're going to be winding down soon, uh, Dell, I want to know if there's anything about this book that you would like readers to know that maybe won't be a spoiler, but more of like an intriguing fact or maybe an anecdote, something that would uh, pull in potential readers. It's strong women. It's strong people, not just women. It um, has an awful lot of wormholes. I went down to get all of the research right. <laughs> I, I remember one time, I was sitting at the dining room table and I was trying to find out what kind of hat this one person would be wearing. And she wouldn't wear a 10 gallon hat and she wouldn't wear, she wasn't a bonnet person. So I'm doing research and about an hour and a half later, I look at my wife who's over on the couch and I go, do you know there's a snake in Africa that lives? I mean, I had gone down the rabbit hole into another story. So <laughs> there was a lot of research in this. But I do want to touch on something Jonathan said earlier, on, which was on something I said. <clears throat> and we were talking about self-promotion by the authors. And I can relate it to the story. I just did an article for Writer's Digest magazine. And it was about book signings in stores. The book signings where people come in and go, let's say I'm just using Casey as an example, but it isn't true. I want you to do my book and I'll be there. And then she shows up that day. She hasn't done any social media. She hasn't done any mailing list. She hasn't done any blog. And she expects all of that to have been done by the store. Well, the store is going to do all of that. But her email and her social end reaches people that mine doesn't. And I think that's the same way with Pandy Press and publicizing our books. We all have to jump in because all of our lists, all of our connections, including Sadie's, 
they're all different and they all need to be utilized. Right. That's a good point. No, it's true. Um, man. It's in a signing. It's the difference between a successful signing and maybe just an okay signing or failure. And I think it works the same way in publishing, which is one of the strangest businesses I've ever been connected with. I have to say, uh, if I can interject, I, I have had, this has not been my world. And not until I, you know, I mean, coming into the uh, Lansdale clan and being with Casey, we, I, it's been an eye-opening experience to me. And to see the amount of work that Casey puts in to that side of it, to the marketing and the, and the publicity and all that is unbelievable, the amount of work she puts in to support the authors. And, uh, and I will say that we're, we are in a very different world. I do know that we're in a different world now than we were 10 years ago or six years ago or five years ago when, with, with regard to social media and the idea of um, social media lists and what have you. And I, and it, it feels a little bit like the Wild West, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To bring that back around, I mean, it really does feel that way a little bit uh, from my perspective, just watching it. Because how you know we're all grasping a little bit at at how do we capitalize on these social media lists? That's and these, it. That's it. Absolutely. So many times I feel like I'm just holding on, keeping my head above water, learning the new this and the new that right. instead of progressing with it it's just like hang out to the reins the horse is dragging you <laughs> and by the way i will, I will I'll, I'll say we are thrilled to be working with sadie who's been uh, just tremendous in in that in that on that end of things for as well uh, for mm -hmm. herself and for us you know and it's been a great partnership there too and we're we're you know we're relying on all of us to to figure it out you know and to and to work together on all that that's awesome that's I, you I I want to say one more thing before we click off. I, you were talking about what is Dale's book. I want to say what I think Dale's book, and, sure. and I can say it in one word. I think it's honest. Mm. And I think that has to do with his research and the heart behind it. And I think that's part of why I've read this book a minimum of five times is it's honest. And you can tell that he put the work behind it and you can tell it's of the era. And there are some people that are maybe going to, read some something and, and have a reaction to that, a visceral reaction. But that's the truth. Whether we like the truth, whether we agree with the truth, all of those things don't matter. It's the truth of that moment in time and how people handled it. And you touched on it earlier, Patrick. You don't you would not want to be a woman in that time. I would <laughs> not want to be a woman in that no. time. It's touch and go right now. You know, so it's Fair. Such an honest, truthful book. And it doesn't matter that the protagonist is a woman. It's great for me because there's more of a connection, but it doesn't matter because believe it or not, women are also people. And so the fact that <laughs> Dell is writing from a human standpoint, you feel that when you read the book. And I think that's very clear. Can, that's can I jump in on something real about that? We we um we spent we really talked quite a bit about how do we position the book and is the and do we uh put it forward that we have a female uh lead in this and uh and i think that's it was an important discussion i just bring it up because i think it's an important topic in general and back to what you were saying about you know women are people too uh I yeah, think, did we you know, did we want to position it as a western did we want to position it as a female empowerment book where did we want to go with it? We did discuss that at length. 
Is it an adventure? Is it horror? Is it all? Because it's all of those things. And, 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 you know, whether we like categories or not, there is a, a marketing um, benefit to sort of understanding which box it fits in, whether it fits in multiple boxes or not. So what is this story to you, Jonathan? Well, I think it's all the things that, that Casey's saying. I mean, I, you know, I'm very, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a good title for us to have out. I will say that, yeah. I will say that. you know, and, and it helps to establish, you know, the, the discussion of the female uh, protagonist and the and the choice to put a female that person on the cover was a choice, you know. And and I think I think it was very beneficial for us as a company to have that discussion going in as this essentially the first title in this in this regard with this in this regard, and for us to say you know what, who are we and what matters to us? Because mm. there's there were reasons to not do what we did. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you. And I think that it's good that we said, no, we want to do this because of what it means for the book, for the author and for us. And so to me, that's what it means from that perspective, what it means to us and who we are and helps to define and and express who we are as a company as well. That's excellent. And back to Casey, what you're saying, it's honestly, um, my opinion, if I love history, if you're going to write history fiction, if it's just to be clear, if it's set in this world and it's actual history fiction, there's no other reason to write it. If you're going to just start whitewashing everything, like if you don't like, Oh, I don't like using this word, that word, like that doesn't reflect really bugs me when people, say that reflects the author no they're holding a mirror up to the world that was or it could be today it won't be history fiction but i i mean your dad is i've talked to your dad about this on air off air he's of the mind where it's just uh you, the writer can write whatever the hell they want obviously and it's kind of weird watching some people in my generation get all I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. Kind of cautious, I guess, what they write. And these aren't bad people. It's just really weird. And that's the impact that social media has. And I got, we all have mixed feelings on social media, but I don't like seeing writers kind of hold back. Um, I think it's a scary well, time for sure. It's long as you're using it to be honest and tell the story, not to be hateful. Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah, if you're for sure. Story being hateful. And that's the point of that you're making. These are all very different things. And yeah, I think yeah. most yeah. people can differentiate what that is. And then there's a, a group of people that maybe are not as skilled at, at the, uh, the minutia of that. <laughs> yeah. Right there with you. So we're going to wind down and uh, get to so the what? right uh, legislation. That's what <laughs> I, was, I feel like I was waiting for that. Uh, politicians. <laughs> what, what are you currently reading? We'll start with you, Dell. Currently, I am reading a book, I think it's called The Living and All the Dead, and it's uh, English Cal nonfiction, who uh, each chapter is about something. One chapter is about undertakers. One chapter is about the guy who runs the furnace for, hmm. um, you know, burning up the dead. And one person is, um, they have nurses, like midwife nurses, but are there only for the fact that they know the mother's going to lose the baby. 
and what wow. their life is like because they're only around mothers who are about to face death with their own child. I mean, it's a fascinating, fascinating book. It's, it's taken me a little while to get through, as you can imagine. Yeah, wow. That is, that's going to take a toll on you, man. I just, but I came out of something light. I just finished reading the book, uh, which is the biography of the doctor who invented plastic surgery for all of the guys in World War One who had their faces blown off. And he created he created plastic surgery. And the funny thing to me is that both that book and the one I'm reading now is uh, are written by female authors who did all of that investigation. So I don't know. I started sleeping with one eye open. Now I don't I don't trust anything. <laughs> Watch Jonathan. sneak it up on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Jonathan, what are you currently reading? Uh, what am I currently reading? Casey, I um, I sent you a text. Oh, I don't have my phone with me because I'm on an interview right now. Well, all right, then I'll <laughs> say what I'm, then I'm just going to do it. Um, I'm currently oh, reading. Oh, yeah, okay. Go ahead. I'm currently reading uh, Casey's new novel. Ooh, what is it? I didn't know she had anyone. So I don't want to, because I don't want to, Put you on the spot. I don't want to speak out of turn. No, it's okay. End of sentence. <laughs> okay, end of sentence. I'm currently reading Casey's new novel. Oh, tease. Um, okay, I'll, I'll I'll ask you later off air. <laughs> when can I read it? You don't have to answer now, but give me please. Um, Casey, where are you currently reading? I'm, I'm halfway through proofing it right now, so you can read it once I'm finished proofing it. Let me say this. Oh, hold on. I'm going to tag on this. I'm currently reading and enjoying Casey's new novel. He's such a, Ooh, such a, good, such a good partner right there. He can close both <laughs> eyes tonight. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Casey, I'm never finished proofing it. You know, I'm always... Yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, I just want to finish it, and then I'm going to send it off to an independent editor that I've already... I'm already in works with because nice. um, I think it needs to be somebody just out of the the Lansdale sphere. I, I hate saying the clan, but that out right. of our bubble, you know, somebody who is not invested in myself or my family in that way. I would like a an outside person, a third so party. That, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but first, Jonathan, to make sure it makes sense from A to B, because I don't want to offend some stranger because I can't string some words together. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so um, Ann Rice one time, an interviewer asked her, how do you know when you finished your book? And she said, when my husband puts a bottle of champagne in the refrigerator. So, you know, that's it, because we could keep going forever. Yeah. I yeah, it's like, a good point. I feel like I could say this because it's nothing bad, but Jonathan Mayberry, he... <laughs> Said last year, he's like, yeah, if, if you uh, if I if I knew that you wanted to have her on, I would have asked her for you, and she probably would have done it. I'm like, motherfucker! I wish I knew that yeah. when we started. <laughs> Rest her soul. Right. But uh, she's lots, just... of, lots of talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what are you currently reading? I don't think you answered the question because you just talked about proofing your manuscript. Uh, well, you know what? You don't judge me. It's kind of funny, but I'm actually reading the Donut Legion right now, <laughs> which is my dad's new one. 
and I don't read all his work, but because, um, because I've sort of been intricately involved in a lot of the promotional aspects, it, it's something that I wanted to do. And we're actually going to be doing an event at Dell's store uh, mm -hmm. next weekend. So I just felt like this is one I wanted to cover. So I'm, I'm on chapter 13, I think of the, the donut Legion and I just met Scrappy. So that's, and that's it's a standalone book, right? So standalone, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I particularly combined Joe with another signing that happens before him. He'll be signing alone afterwards, but he'll be signing right after uh, Sorority Babes 2 in the Slime bowl arama So, you know, I, I wanted to get a theme going there. <laughs> wow. Right. Obvious. Uh, I'm sure my dad will be very, very thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk offline, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get the audiobook of that one. Uh, that one looks good. And a fun reminder for those that didn't see it, Patton Oswald was very excited to get that and other Joe books. Um, that's really neat. He cracks me up on King of Queens. He's a funny guy. Um, I'm currently finishing up this big bastard of a book, uh, The Curator by Owen King. Um it's great. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's the it's like a, it's a fantasy. It, it's kind of like a, it's a historic fiction in a fake, in a in a fictional world, if that makes sense. But uh, we're talking to that young man two episodes from now, so I can't wait. Uh -huh. Um, and I just finished Dell's book. That's uh, that is, that's a western. That's it's like True Grit. I know you said that earlier, Dell, but it's also just like a bunch of fun fantasies, uh, fantasy books that I, I've I've uh, read throughout my life. But the one scene that is so horror based to me that people might really cling to is the fire scene. Just right. all the descriptions because they're so realistic, but you just focus on them. It's like if there was a camera pan and and you stop each time you see a body and you just focus on and zoom in and you see all you hear all the like crackling of their skin and whatnot and oh boy you got me good <laughs> that was and terrifying. That, and that is great because that's the one that jonathan casey chose to put on the cover yeah that is the scene of that so that's very exciting because i had somebody come to me the other day and tell me i really like the cover of this book because it reminds me of an old pulp because of the fire and the, all okay. the colors and stuff. And I thought that was a great comment. That makes sense. Cool. Right. Um, Dell, where can people follow you? They can follow me at darkdell.com or Dell Howison has a Facebook page. So you can go that way. Excellent. Uh, Casey, where can people follow you? Uh, I'd say the same thing. Go to the website. All the links are there. CaseyLansdale.com. Jonathan, where can people follow you? uh well pandypress.com p-a-n-d-i press.com and then uh i'm around well done. <laughs> yeah and if you want to follow but me, that's one t. what's that what? one t jonathan levitt one oh t. jonathan levitt.com one t yes if you want to oh, find yeah. me directly it's jonathan levitt.com with one t yep um <laughs> yeah there is when you google it there is another one that comes up with two t's yeah, we don't we don't we don't know that person. No. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> you can follow me at PR McDonough on Twitter. 
follow the show on Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram. Um, final thoughts. Del, what are your final thoughts? Nothing. I am <laughs> I am I don't have any thoughts. No, I mean I am still so overwhelmed by this roller coaster ride that we're currently on in this grand experiment that I am part of that um I feel like I'm always looking for something else to help push, push, push. I I couldn't be more blessed than to have the two people who put the book out who did. And I think um, to a great degree, it's working for all of us. And the part that doesn't work is a learning thing. So I'm happy. That's excellent. And you you take away. (laughs) The coolest thing is your takeaway basically comes down to like, there's room to grow with them, with each other, and it's a family affair. So that's awesome. That's what uh, it feels like. Yeah, you can't say that about you know most places in life in general. Um, Jonathan, any final thoughts, sir? Not really. Very happy to be here. Thank you for having us on. Very happy that's to over. be able to to talk with uh, with you about Dell's book and to, to share this with Dell and with Casey. Uh, who's so important in my life. And I'm going to let Casey have the final word. Thanks. You should have the final word. Because, because but then can I just say, you know, we're, we're talking about Dell, we're talking about this, this, uh, and here I go again, uh, this company, <laughs> but this, this company is, is Casey. So that, so I really, it's, it's, uh, it's Casey. So Casey, have the final Aww. word. Absolutely. Nice. That's nice. You guys um no you know what i think patrick really it's i'm happy to come on the show again i'm happy to get to know you in a different way i think that um you and i have started to build a different kind of friendship and it's nice to see because you know like Dell and i have a, a long-standing friendship obviously jonathan and i have a nice relationship and it's nice to kind of bring you into my world in this way and yeah, and cool. to be so outside of this and just to be able to to become friends that are just normal friends you know so i think that's it i think the takeaway is that when you get in this community and you do these types of things and you have these dreams and these goals you start to find those like-minded people and that's the reward on top of the reward that's awesome yeah i told keith uh like two days ago i was like yeah i'm I'm just uh, I'm going to refer to you and Casey as my older siblings now, whether you like it or not. And, and your dad's like my uncle. So you got a non-Texan older, older. I'm only he 30. Is old. No, That's right. I, well, I would never call lady old or, or any negative thing. I like my eyes not punched. That's right. There you go. Um. Oh, man. I'm getting silly now. I'm supposed to close this. Uh, my final thoughts are: I appreciate you guys, Jonathan. It was really nice to meet you and you too, Dell. And you, I-, I love when Brennan here is here and Erica, my new co-host. But uh, yeah, Casey was cool that uh, I could just do this with you guys. Just have a intimate pandy press conversation with you guys. And ultimately, what we do with this show is hope that that brings in new readers for you guys or whichever author it is. So. I hope that's the case because you got a lot of great stuff down the pipeline. Um, nope, we're not doing pipelines. We have a lot of you have a lot of great stuff <laughs> down someplace that's uh, yep, nailed it. <laughs> Next episode is our 200th episode. That's with Dennis Lehane. We recorded that already and we have wow. 
because we're awesome. me, yeah me and brennan are from boston he's from boston um he's coming back i'll tell you guys off here if you want but that that's exciting we've talked to him um but yeah okay enough about that the main chosen podcast thank you for picking up Oh,